Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a lay leader in your local church, you'll be interested in today's topic, navigating change in the local church. Our guest, Pastor Chad Stewart. Chad, it's great to have you back on Ministry in Motion. Thanks for having me, Derek. And Glad to be you've here. been through a lot of changes. In fact, I think you've kind of got, um, you've developed um, kind of a change agent aura about you. Yeah, that, that can be good and that can be bad, for sure. <laughs> so you identify change and you have courage to address it. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about your life, because I think on your life uh, journey, you had to deal with change. Yeah, my, my, my life has been a, an, an evolution of sorts. I mean, even coming to Christ, it wasn't something I expected at all. And one day God got a hold of my heart and everything just changed. And you're going in one direction and then God just shifts you in a completely different direction. And then my call into ministry, same thing. I wanted to be a lawyer and, and go down that road. And, and God just told me, no, that's not where I'm supposed to go. And, and I'm supposed to go into ministry. And suddenly your whole life has to change again. So, so consistently I've had these changes. Of course, there's the changes that many people experience, like marriage and, and kids. And all of them take you on different routes. And so, so change has is, is is been a part of my life. And, and while, like everybody, it can make me a little nervous, I've become comfortable with it, used to it, to a, to a degree. Mm. And now you find yourself pastoring a vibrant uh, community of faith in mm. the Washington, D.C. area, Spencerville Church. Um, even moving from one congregation to another can bring a lot of change. Yeah, and, and our move was, was, again, one of those unexpected moves. Uh, our church out in California was, was doing well. God had, had doubled it. In, in, a, in about six years, we doubled our, our, our attendance and our membership. We planted a church, and things were going well. And so why move? And yet then God placed this call before us, and my wife and I went and got frozen yogurt. And she said, well, sh- do you want to really submit a resume? I go, I don't know. I feel like we should. We prayed about it. We submitted this resume. And I said, don't worry about it. There's 110 <laughs> people on the list. And, and all of your family living in All of our family California. lives in California within two hours of us. My mm-hmm. entire family and her family live within a couple hours of us there. So God's surely not going to take us to Washington, D.C. And, uh, but God's a change agent himself, and so he changes things up. He surely is. You could have just said only 32 years until retirement, right? Yes, that's right. Let's actually. hold it steady. Well, we said till we're, <laughs> California until we're done, and God said no. <laughs> So let's talk about personally, you've talked yeah. about conversion, yeah. uh, going from possible law to, to ministry, mm-hmm. uh, getting married, children. What are some personal lessons you've learned about change uh, from your own journey? Well, at each of those changes in particular that I've mentioned, um, God's been clearly involved in the process. And due to that, those changes have all been very positive. Now, in the immediate moment, maybe they, they seemed a little unsettling. Disruptive. Disruptive to things, but, but, but they were good. And, and I found that, that Dr. Morse, Derek, <laughs> I found, Derek, that, um, that disruption is good in, in my life because what it does for me is oftentimes it, it challenges me to think and look at things in a different point of view. Also, um, I'm forced to be more reliant upon Jesus and upon the direction of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It, Change sends me to my knees more often than status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm doing something that, that I know I can do under my own power and under my own gifts, then, 
then, then I'm pretty settled and, and don't see my reliance on Jesus as much. But change has forced me to go to my knees more at every phase of my life. And it's driven me to scripture and, and to seek out mentorship, um, which has been a blessing. Mm. It's interesting in another Ministry in Motion program talking about staying fresh and relevant. Yeah. Uh, the guest, uh, Dr. Ivan Williams, he said, one thing that helps you is change. Yes, yes. What he I called agree. transition. Uh, helps you stay fresh. So what's, what would you say is the most difficult change you've had to face personally in your life journey? Uh, the most difficult change I had to face personally probably is, uh, I think, one that most people have to go through, and that's marriage. Um, because by nature, I think we have a little bit of selfishness in us. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that or not in yourself, but <laughs> my in myself, reminds me yes, of I'm that. aware yeah, of that. Sure. And so marriage is, in a way, this constant change in mm-hmm. which we are forced to look at another's point of view and to recognize that it's not all about us, but it's about the greater good. And, uh, and so I think marriage has been a constant journey of that change. And it's been the, it's been the most um, challenging because my nature is that I want what I want, which is what we oftentimes see too in the church when change comes about. And just when you were getting comfortable figuring it all out with your spouse, some children arrived. Children arrived. And, and the first one was not planned for our next two were planned for but the first one was not planned for and and um we god just said okay here's here's a child and uh suddenly you have to you have to adjust to that and it's been the greatest blessing but again it's a it's a whole different world so your life everyone's life we choose either to run from change or yes but I liked what you said about recognizing where God is at work in a change. Yeah. Because not all change is good, right? Even personally. Yeah, there are changes that are, that are bad. And, uh, and I've made decisions in my life, both personally and professionally, that, that, that I can see that I did apart from God. Mm. And, and it doesn't take too long for me to realize <laughs> that this wasn't a God change. Mm. And, uh, and those can be... Those can be harmful and immediate and they can they can cause lasting uh uh damage in in many ways and after after the break we want to talk about what if i make a change and it isn't the right change which could happen it can we want to learn how to do that but taking some of the lessons that you've learned personally and i think we're all resonating with that in our own lives Uh, sometimes sickness comes or something happens to a loved Mm -hmm. one we we live in in constant change Uh, we want to talk now about coming to a church and how do I recognize if changes need to happen there? It's a vitally important topic, whether you're a pastor or a lay leader in your local church, navigating change uh, for good, guided by the Holy Spirit of God. How do you see where change is needed? And how do you motivate people to move forward courageously in that change? We're talking about navigating change in the local church. And we'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, navigating change in the local church. And our guest, Pastor Chad Stewart. Chad, you've shared your own journey. Yeah. Uh, but let's, let's look at the last part of that as a pastor, moving from, is it Visalia, California? Yes. 
to uh, Spencerville, Maryland. Uh, how, how far is the distance between those two places? It's a whole world apart in, many <laughs> way, in more ways than one. In more ways than one. So. so describe the setting you came from and the setting you came to. So uh, Visalia is in the, the Central Valley of California. So it's uh, an agrarian culture. I mean, very, a lot of farmers and, and dairy people. And I left there to come to Spencerville, where I have um, a lot of people that work in the government, that work in the world church, that work in the medical field, that work in academics. So you moved from more of a blue-collar type of environment to more of a, to maybe a white-collar type of environment, uh, from a place where people aren't necessarily used to being in committees to a place where everybody's in committees all the time and everybody's the boss of a committee. And, and how do you navigate that, you know? So there was, inevitably, you were going to have to experience some changes. Changes yes. of leadership style, would you say? Or Yeah, there, there is definitely changes of leadership style that I had to embrace um, in, in, this, in this context. I've told people in the s- almost seven years I was in Visalia, uh, that board probably uh, voted or challenged me on certain things maybe four or five times. And I said, in the first year I've been at Spencerville, they push back four or five times in one year. It's just it's just that type of setting, and it's it's again it's people that are used to being in a in a meeting and a in a an environment like that in which there's this pushback. So. Sure, sure. So um, though you came in different environment, mm-hmm. were educated, there were changes that needed to happen. In fact, you were probably called by the search committee and then by the board and then by the local conference saying. This is the person we believe God has prepared to to lead this congregation, not to just babysit it, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, let's let's talk about coming as a pastor or a church leader. How do you how do you notice if there's change that needs to happen? Well, one of the first things that I did was I listened long before um, I came here. I began to listen when I knew that the list was getting shorter and shorter, and people started. Having conversations with me, I listen to what what are people saying, what are what are people communicating that's needed. Um, but not only that, I investigated with those uh, outside of the church because oftentimes when we're in an environment, we don't recognize that we need that change. I mean, it takes someone outside of myself sometimes to to say, "Hey, Chad." you need to change in this area, and I have to repent. I mean, that's, that's what repentance is about, right? You're returning. Yeah. yeah, you go, a brother comes to you, and you recognize your need to change. Um, and so, so I'd ask people outside of, uh, that were familiar with the Spencerville culture, but were outside of it, and said, what's your perspective on Spencerville? Mm-hmm. And recognizing some of that. And then when I came, of course, to speak with them, to look and see if I was interested in the job or not, um, again, I heard clear things that they said, you know what, we want to do some of these things. Now, my wife told him, are you sure? Because Chad will actually try to do these things, <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of change. And they said, yes, that's what we want. Um, I don't think they fully realized to the extent, but, but God is blessed. And, and that's, that's, I think, how you recognize things. And then when you get here, of course, you try to keep your eyes open. And sure, not, you're listening, you're caught. observant. Yeah. I want to come back to a comment you made in the first segment about yeah in your own life, noticing where God was at work. Yeah. How, how important is your personal connection with God? Certainly you are the leaders too, but let's talk about you as the pastor or church leader. How important is that in terms of processing all of the information you're hearing and, yeah. and being attentive? 
Well, we never want to make change just for the sake of change. I mean, that's... Like, like that's novelty. Right? Yeah, novelty. We don't want to be a novel thing. We want to do it in accordance with the will and the direction of God. And so that's making sure that you're testing everything that's coming into your brain uh, by Scripture and by the writings of Mrs. White and, and by spending time on our knees mm-hmm. and seeking godly counsel from, from, from mentors and from those who you know are connected to Jesus. And as a leader, that's our responsibility. I can't go and ask for change in an area um, unless I know that clearly it aligns with the will of God. Mm. And that's only going to come about if I've spent time understanding the principles of Scripture in regards to change and uh, understanding if this is the right moment through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that comes from the prayer time. So I I listen carefully both to people... uh in and outside of the community, mm-hmm. and, and most of all to God. Yep. And I say, there's an area of change needed. Maybe people have even said, we need to be more yeah. uh, outreach-oriented to yeah. our community. Um, how do I go about motivating people? You know, there's this uh, kind of st- being static is kind of comfortable. Yeah. Uh, how, how do I motivate people to move toward and not only tolerate, but actually actively embrace change? Well, I think one of the first things you actually do is you affirm what they've been doing well. Okay. So you affirm what they've been doing well uh, because, because not everything that needs to change is necessarily bad. It may, something can be good that still needs to change because you want to move from good to better. Okay. Right? So you're not just coming in like tearing everything down. Yeah. You're, you're, you're actually looking for things to affirm? You're actually looking for things to affirm and looking for opportunities to say, okay, this is where we're doing well. If we took this and we expanded this, how could we, how could we strengthen? How could we become better? And then you also have to create the need. You have to create that, 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 that there's a greater desire to change than to stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our first child, and what makes you think, okay, well, you want to have another child, is you realize how much you love that first child. And, man, if I've got this much capacity to love, how much more could I love a second child, you know, in that, in that mm-hmm. context? And, and in this way, you have to look and have people say, okay, this is worth this change. And, and part of that is really kind of casting the vision, right? Uh, not only celebrating. Yeah, I think John, John Carter in his book, uh, Leading Change, he talks about the need to celebrate. Yep. So celebrating the good things you're talking yeah, about, yeah. But, but also casting the vision yeah. uh, of, of what we could become and where do we find that vision. Well, I think the vision is actually very clear, and it's in the scriptures and it's in the writings of Mrs. White, and it's very, very clear that every church is to be an agency of salvation. Mm. And, and so really we have to make small changes in order to get there, but we can ask this one question. Am I adding uh, names to the Lamb's Book of Life? So the question is not whether we're going to do that, but how. But how, yeah. And, and after the break, we want to be very practical, uh, maybe even take a case study of leading through a change. I'm sure not everyone's going to love you. There'll be some pushback because people say this isn't how we do things here. But uh, we'll learn from Pastor Chad Stewart, who's leading a dynamic congregation, how to navigate change in the local church. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, navigating change in the local church and our guest, Pastor Chad Stewart. Chad, so now we're in a new setting in, yeah. for you in Spencerville, in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, the church 
is is wanting change. Yeah. Uh, they're wanting to grow. Yeah. They've called you with a, uh, can I say, a track record of being willing to lead churches in change. Yes. And um, so, tell me one thing you identified as a group that needed to change, and how you went about that process. Well, as I spoke to people in the church and outside the church, a resounding theme I heard was, you know, this church isn't particularly warm. It doesn't feel warm to, to outsiders or to guests or even to some that sat in the pews every single week. Okay. Um, as I began to look at that, I realized, actually, this church is one of the warmest churches I've ever been in. Uh, the people are extremely friendly, extremely loving, extremely caring. But they didn't quite know how to show that in a practical way to the guests that immediately walked in the doors. So back to what you shared before the break, the affirmation part, mm -hmm. celebrating, yeah. you pointed out some strengths yeah. and basically said, how do we move to the next level in terms of visitors? Yeah. Did they respond to that? Uh, some did <laughs> and, and some didn't. I think that, that there was the question of, well, we already have quite a few people here. Why do we need to add more? In terms of welcoming? Welcoming, yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, we're comfortable here. And many people that have been there for 20, 30 years, they maybe didn't see that there wasn't that warmth. Mm. But, but we, we observed it, even my wife and I, as we would, when we came to visit before we uh, were officially brought in, um, we observed some of these things that, you know, there wasn't someone at the door. There wasn't, there wasn't someone that said hello. There wasn't some of these things there that are just natural things. I mean, you and I, are familiar with this in regards to church growth that people make their decision about church within the first seven minutes. <laughs> so we needed to change those first seven minutes. Be very the music's dynamic, the mm -hmm. preaching's hopefully good, mm -hmm. the sanctuary's beautiful. That first contact. But, but what's that first seven minutes? And we needed to change so that. So how'd you go about uh, structuring that? We, we got some of the right people involved. We, we cast a vision. I cast a vision to a few key individuals. Uh, and, and one individual, I, I said, this is what I'd like to see. And I asked him, can you help me organize something in, around, around that model? And, and she began to work with that and organize some of those things. And then I began to pick some people that I thought, these people would be good to lead in these various areas in which we need to, to uh, function. And, and we brought them to the table and we, we, we shared with them the vision and the idea, not realizing, they weren't realizing that we were going to ask them to actually lead this. But we got them to buy in with their hearts. Okay. And then we asked them to lead it. And uh, they began to do that. Then we went to the church as a whole. And, and I began to preach about it. I began to talk about it. Mm -hmm. and, and began to share. I began to write about it through our, our communication within the church. And then we also had ambassadors within the church that began to recruit their friends and talk to their friends about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went through these steps and, and getting the right people at the table, mm -hmm. and the right people on the bus, as they say, and, and God began to, to percolate something in there, and people said, I don't know if you're going to get people to buy in this. You may get 100 people to join you. We had over 315 people sign up to be a part of this new vision of ministry. Amazing, amazing. Now, you alluded to the fact that you can't do this all by yourself. Oh, never, never. So, Acts 6, people of good reputation, full mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, you, you wanted them to share embrace the vision too yeah i we needed them to embrace the vision it was more than just one i know my weaknesses you know i, I i'm a vision caster I'm, I'm always thinking about the next five ten years you know I'm, I'm thinking the big picture but sometimes you need people that can that can come in and take that picture and 
and implement it, implement it put it into to broken down step, uh, steps, broken down. And, and so we needed those people. I also know that when I'm preaching, I can't be the one out in the parking lot right. uh, welcoming people as they drive into the parking lot. I can't be the guy carrying the umbrella when it's raining in our church. You know, we have this thing now where we say the win is everybody, um, no one opens the door for themselves coming into the building. And so that's a win for us. I can't be that person out there making sure that everyone's opened that door. So I have to make sure that people's hearts have bought into it, their minds have bought into it. Um, and so we have to get those people on board. It's not about even wanting. We have to. So how does experiencing a, a minor, could I say minor, though it's major in its implications, yeah. like that opening the doors, having someone welcome. And by the way, I did visit the church and someone opened the door and they had an umbrella, which I thought was quite impressive. It was raining at the time. So how does that uh, trickle down to other areas of change? In other words, once you've embraced a change, mm -hmm. is it easier to be open to embrace other changes? It is. I think it's much easier. And people began to, they started with this, 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 this little concept on Sabbath morning, but it began to expand. And the church is, is now more open to evangelism. We had our first public evangelistic meetings in 18 years. So, so not only are you welcoming a person coming in the door, yeah. but you, now you're saying, how can we encourage them to come yeah. to the door? Yeah, how can we encourage them? And, they, and, 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 and people tell me, one of, one of our members told me, he said, I was at Home Depot, and I, and, uh, or not at Home Depot, at a, at a store, and he said, and I found myself opening the door for people. He well, said... Just part of his just part church of his, culture. He's, he's changing personally because of the change that's happened at the church. Mm. And, uh, and that's really what it's about, right? Is that the things of the church, ultimately, we take into our practical world as, as believers, and, and those things begin to take place and manifest themselves in the community. And I see members now being more willing to engage their neighbors. I'm getting notes from people saying, you know, I went and talked to my neighbor. I went and did this because of, of what they're seeing take place at their local church. So you've taken the vision, you've made it practical, yeah. and then you've got a whole team implementing it. Yes. And uh, how, how is that affecting the church as a whole? As a whole, it's very positive. I'm, uh, you, when I came here, as you know, Derek, I heard things like, you know, it's kind of a cold church. It's a little stiff. Now I hear people saying, oh, man, this is one of the warmest. I, we have pastors that come to visit our church. I had a pastor come to visit our church. He said, I've been in this community for 22 years. I've never been to this church. But I was hearing about how different Spencerville is, and I had to come check it out for myself. Mm. So, I mean, we're, we're having moments like this where people are coming and saying, you know, something's happening here. We, we sense that something's taking place. Our members, you can see this pride in them. They're excited about it. Uh, they're telling their friends about it. Uh, people that were inactive members are coming back, and they say, oh, my friend told me, hey, you need, you need to come to this church. The church was great. The church has always been great. I mean, God's been blessing, and for 18 years they were growing. But, but this was just a little change in which we could take that next step. Chad, thanks for joining us on Ministry of Motion. We've been talking about uh, navigating change in the local church, and I want to thank you for joining us too. Challenged? Stretched? Uh, maybe get some pushback, but get a clear vision from God and listening to your community. Get some movers and shakers around you. Have the courage to follow as God leads. Navigating change, not to make a name for yourself but to bring honor to the name of Jesus and blessing to your community. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion. May God bless you to be the leader he's called you to be.